That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wint. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman, bitch. This is Bat Force Radio. Welcome to Bat Force Radio, a Batman slash DC podcast with no limits. Bat Force Tom has the night off tonight. He won an award for best in and out customer of the month. So con- congratulations to Bat Force Tom accepting that great award. The most, he won the most valuable eater award. <laughs> we'll be uh, joined by the trunk momentarily. Scott the Trunkler just said, there, via text message, one kid down, one to go. I mean, he's putting them to sleep before he could hop on and talk comic books. I'm joined by Robin Cruss up in Canada. February 8th. Ooh, oh, shit. February, February 8th. Remember, remember the 8th of February. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't have the same ring, does it? We gotta work on that. There's been heavy rumors circulating that the Cult of the Bat might return on the 8th. We're not sure. It can't be confirmed nor denied. But we bring you this stack of comic books, the stack in Commissioner Gordon's office for... The date of February 7th, 2018, the books that are coming out. Batman White Knight number uh, five, is five. it? We got Batman number 40. What Superman we got in a... Swamp Thing Winter Special by Tom King and Jason Fabok. Oh, uh, which Includes their new story as well as final Swamp Thing issue that Len Wein and Kelly Jones had worked on. Damn. Uh, Wow. It was going to be the first issue of uh, a new run they were doing. Wow. Uh, yeah. Fortunately, Len Wein passed away. Didn't get to complete the issue, but... Poor Kelly Jones. Yeah. Between Bernie Wrightson and Len Wein, like, Kelly's just... He had a rough year. Glad we have Kelly on the DC Comics roster coming out with um, a new run a miniseries, I believe. Right? And uh, the new Nightwing? Yep, Nightwing number... Nightwing, Nightwing number 38. Batman White Knight number five by Sean Murphy and uh, Matt Hollingsworth. All right, crack it open, and uh, we we go open to a scene where uh, Harley Quinn is pretty much teaching Jack Napier how to fight. Before it even hits that, there's an interesting thing. We see Jack coughing up blood after he takes uh, his pills. Oh you know, yeah, the, the man. Pills that keep uh, keep him Jack and keep Joker away. What that uh. Because then he said there's like a st- there's steroids in him as well or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, he alludes to that, uh, yeah. I think, uh, later on on the same page. Yeah. So basically, he wants Harley to teach him how to fight because he feels the only way that he has not beaten Batman so far. Taken Gotham away from him, he's turned the police against him, earning his own family against him, you know, got them uh, Nightwing and Batgirl to join the GTO. Yeah. Uh, so the only facet he hasn't destroyed batman in yet is a fist fight wow man if those steroids are making him bleed he should probably call up the ex new york yankee alex rodriguez to ask him how he handles steroids you know i think uh, a little bit of friendly advice oh, from a fellow steroid user would uh could help jack out a lot just so at this point <laughs> i enjoyed the scene watching harley quinn fight and uh pretty much take jack to the ground so we cut over to uh batman with babs and dick and uh it was a good observation that you guys called about how um nightwing looks exactly like sean murphy 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, I, I've been thinking it for a couple issues now, but there's a shot in this one that, Jesus, it looks exactly like him. It really does. It, that That's him. He pretty, he pretty much drew himself in this book. So the, the big argument between Batman and Nightwing is that uh, Batman wants to do it his way and doesn't trust Jack, but Nightwing is kind of, he's trusting Jack at this point and he wants to, you know, this task force or whatever. What's it called? GTO? Something yeah, like the GTO. Yeah, yeah, so he wants he wants Batman to be part of this and go this way and trust Jack and whatnot. And Batman's just not having it. And they're fighting. Batgirl's trying to break it up. Because Bat- Dick Dick gets uh Dick steps a little bit offside mm, yeah. with uh, with Bruce there. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, Dick's going nuts. Or should I, or should we say Sean Murphy stepped a little? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And he's saying things like that uh, Jack became the hero that Gotham really needed and Gotham rather embraced a reformed super criminal than Batman and uh, some nasty stuff. Yeah, the, and then he tops it off with the one where Batman actually raises a fist to him. Yeah, when he says that uh, maybe you took the wrong lesson <laughs> from your parents' death. So I think that's the part Grumps had a problem with, and I don't blame him because the, that Nightwing would never say something like that. You know, that's just, that's quite extreme. At least I think so. To go there. I, I don't know. At, at this point, though, like, there's been a lot of stress on both of them. You know, they've had issues with how Bruce has been doing things for a little while now. Yeah. And back to the first issue, they were already at odds with him and how aggressive he had been lately. And then they lost Alfred with, with their emotions as high as they are. I can see Dick getting a little mouthy. Well, maybe that's not Dick. Maybe that's actually Sean Murphy telling Batman that, uh, Oh, maybe it is. You know, not (laughs) neither confirm nor deny. Cool. Splash of uh, bats swinging through Gotham City after they have that blowout. Cut back over so uh, bats pretty much goes to a balcony where Harley Quinn currently is. And uh... This this is a really good scene. I, I love the interaction between them and how they have this understanding between the two of them. Like He refers back to you know, their entire history together, uh, to the old days when, when Joker was Joker and she was Harley. Yeah, and how um, so, Batman went easy on her because he understood that she just wanted him to get better, and then they brought up Jason Todd. Yeah, and how uh, so? Yeah, basically, Batman's gone to her to uh, to appeal to her for you know what's happening to to stop him because uh, yeah yeah he like you said uh, he talks about how she never spent too much time in Arkham, and that was because he wanted her on the outside because for as bad as Joker was, the things that he did, only the two of them kn- knew how bad he wanted to be yeah but harley was the one that reeled him in and kept him from doing the worst things yeah and she even mentions things like how bats bought her a dress for parole one day and all sorts of they always had some uh, history even if even if you go back to animated series about how sometimes they would try to work together to like you know, sedate uh, the Joker's madness or whatnot. How, you know, Harley was always trying to see some good in him and whatnot. And I think he kind of loses it when uh, Harley mentions that Jack's not a criminal anymore and Bats pretty yeah. much punches through bricks. <laughs> yeah, he, get, he gets crunk. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I like that frame, though, where, uh, you know, she's telling him that, that Jack's changed. He's not Joker anymore. He's not a villain. And she actually reaches out and holds his hand. And Bats loses it and takes off and then... Jack appears and he says he never heard him yell like that before, referring to Batman. Harley's, you know, talking about how she meant everything she said, that maybe if both of them weren't so stubborn. So I, I kind of interesting when you go back to it. It's first you see um, Babs talking about 
Bruce and Dick. Yeah, Harley is in this interesting spot where she's on Jack's side and she believes in what he's doing, but she also she isn't particularly against Batman. You know, she understands that he's suspicious and he doesn't trust Joker yeah. and wants to stop this. You know, so she she's not against either one of them. But she's not entirely, she's not even entirely on Jack's side. Like when, when he gets braggy about things, you know, about uh, how he's getting under Batman's skin, she's telling him to stop. She wants both of them to stop being so stubborn and, and work together because they're, they both claim the same desire and that's to help the city. We cut over to the, uh, the Neo Joker with the Mad Hatter. They're in a van outside of Wayne Manor. Yeah, Hatter's uh, basically hacked into the security system and is seeing how extreme the security is for Wayne Manor and <laughs> wants to figure out what he's, you know, what secrets he's hiding with, with all of this security. And this is cool how the Neo-Joker pretty much uses the uh, mind control device to control Ivy and controlling all the vines and vegetation that's going through all of Wayne Manor and pretty much deactivating or shutting down the security system, isn't it? Yeah, the vines shoot up, they take out the cameras and then mm. work their way into the house. I love, Man, I love how he draws Neo-Joker and Ivy in that picture. It's so badass. I like how uh, Neo-Joker, Marion Drews, uh, is surprising uh, Hatter here because while he's trying to crack through the security system, she wants to just knock down the gates and just just break into the house and, yeah. and just, <laughs> just run wild and he's trying to to explain to her that that's not the way they need to do this they, they need to slip through the security and do it right yeah and then uh when she just gets tired of waiting he's surprised by how resourceful she actually was by using ivy to uh, to get in without just destroying the place really cool how you just see the vines going through each room pretty much taking over we we get the uh, the real only moment of levity in this scene as well uh so as the vines are exploring the house bruce is down in the cave and he has an alarm going off in the cave you know that uh, you know, there, someone's uh, intruding <laughs> so uh, apparently his uh, quick thinking way to uh, keep uh, any suspicion off him of you know of what he really is he stumbles onto them you know he comes upstairs and catches them but he's wearing a, a little pink robe <laughs> pink robe and he's saying, oh my lord you hooligans get off my property it is much better for hiding his secret than if you just came upstairs and started putting a beating on everybody yeah and they do find the secret room don't they and was it a room he didn't know about either or well he says that so basically the vines were able to feel that there was that there was something else in the house. Like uh, I guess they were feeling air coming from somewhere else or something. So I think when he uh, told Dick outside that they found uh, a room he didn't know about, it might have been referring to the room they were in that they were finding files and stuff. Could have also been just you know it's a cover story for in case they had uh, had figured out the cave was there. Well, this is all happening. The cops show up, but pretty much the GTO. I went uh, Nightwing as part of that a task force that shows up outside of Wayne Manor, isn't it? Indeed. And the and the Nightwing Gotham City PD outfit. It's kind of ridiculous. Oh, but that's the whole point because they want vigilantes working side by side with the GCPD, right? That was the whole. Point. Batman then rips the um, the pink robe off and exposing the bat suit, even though he didn't have it on earlier. Yeah, I was gonna point that out. Yeah, before he ran outside, when we first see him come into. Uh 
into the room and catch them. You can see he was bare chested under it. So I don't know if there was a, supposed to be some time before he actually ran outside. Yeah, that doesn't. You have to put the suit on. Uh, this next part was freaking badass as hell. It was uh, the big chase with all the yes. cars and everything. This is a. Uh... This is something that needs to be in like an animated film or uh, maybe even a movie where uh, so you have the the Neo Joker and she's being chased by the GTO with Duke and everyone as well. But the, Yeah, they've uh, souped up all the cars to be Batmobiles. Yeah. So you got Babs in there too chasing them down in uh I don't know if that's supposed to be Har- Harvey who's the guy with the yellow hat that looks exactly like Dick Tracy on steroids. <laughs> uh yeah, I I think that's uh, I think that's Harvey Bullock. Yeah, they're going at him. And then all of a sudden, I guess the Neo Joker uh, summons the rogues gallery. So then yeah. you see like the ventriloquist come out and Penguin and a Roxy Rocket, Killer Crocs coming at him and uh, Bane. Man, the artwork speaks for itself. Though. For someone who's so good at drawing cars as Sean Murphy is, of course, it made sense for there to be this giant multiple car chase and battle it's it's perfect for him yeah and then the the cool part with kind of like a nice little nod back to uh i believe it was but maybe batman begins or the dark knight when you all of a sudden you see the batmobile just plow through an overpass in, yeah. the, in the air and about to land it hits the uh, the van that neo joker's in that's kind of messed stuff up here because they wanted to to take Neo Joker in, right. and then he came up and just ran them right off the road. So then, you know, the, their van drove off the overpass or off the bridge and went mm. down into the water. Yeah, it's pretty much bad saying, you know, fuck the this vigilante Gotham City PD task force and everyone. I'm doing it my way. And then you have um, Neo Joker's van falls off the the highway onto a boat and explodes. This was a really strange part too. Uh, when she's running and Bats grabs the backpack and then it opens yeah. and all you see is Clayface's brain with uh, the man had a playing card in it. And uh, his, his googly eyes uh, dangling there. It's so strange and comical. It's like, oh, that is strange, man. Uh, but then he also finds you know, the, the stuff that flies out of the backpack. Yeah. He finds the uh, the photo that they, that oh, they had right. taken that shows Thomas Wayne with, with Victor Freeze's dad. Is that something they found in the secret room? I think yeah. that is the... Didn't they have that photo uh, previously? I think we they saw, the photo. I, I was trying to remember. I was trying to remember who was looking at that photo the first time we saw it. Mm-hmm. Was it them that had it? I, I think that... I think they had the. I think they showed the photo in a previous issue, but yeah, I, I was I just trying to remember it, who had it. Yeah, but I, I don't think it ever had. I'm flipping through it right now, I don't think it ever had um, like the Nazi symbol next to it. And I don't know if you guys cover this or not, but how do you suppose that Neo Joker knew about? I mean, she did she just assume that there was a secret room? She explained that uh, the vines, Ivy's vines, were able to pick up differences in the air. While they were exploring around the house, you know, the, you saw those vines that were all growing through the hallways and going under doors. Yeah. Uh, she explained that they were able to detect differences in the air. Said that she 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 only knew that because she was while she was linked to Ivy through Hatter's tech, uh, she was able to see some of Ivy's thoughts. You know, so she knew some things that Ivy knows. And then the the highway pretty much blows in two. Messed it up pretty bad, yeah. and it just collapses into the water and takes that- out the boat. And that's when Gordon uh, calls for Batman's arrest and calls him a super criminal. And then uh, you flash back over to wherever he, uh, the cryostasis lab where he has Freeze and Nora. And Batman pretty much slams the, the Nazi photo on the table. He tells Freeze to start talking. Yeah, it's, uh, the interesting final line is uh, after Batman slams the photo down in front of him, Freeze says the Waynes are a family with many secrets. 
aren't they, Bruce? Yeah, so it kind of knows who's. I don't understand why people keep trying to, you know, give give this like gloomy dark side history to the Waynes. Like they do it in the Telltale games too, you know, where there was some corruption with the Waynes and whatnot. And that seems to be like an ongoing trend as well right now. Yeah, that 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 uh, that was in the Morrison stuff too. You know, uh, there were references to uh, Martha having been. Uh, a drug addict and things like that. Yeah, I I, pre- I prefer having you know my Waynes be the good people that you always thought they were. You know, it's a, it's a disheartening when yeah, I, when I stories about them well, being uh, kind of dirtbags. Especially especially when in the past, I mean, prior to Morrison or prior to this or Tall Tale Games, you know, the Waynes were you know they were Gotham. They you know they. They um, donated to all these charities, and they opened up the Martha, you know, the Martha Wayne Foundation, the you know, hospitals, and then all of a sudden they throw in, you know, a little bit of stuff like, oh, so Thomas Wayne knew Victor Freeze and something about Nazis. Damn. Neo Joker walking through some kind of underground. It looks like a railroad almost. I take it it was one of Freeze's labs on on the final page that that looks like some giant weapon of Freeze's. Yeah, not yeah. to mention one of the guns still has like like an, a frozen water, yeah. like an icicle hand. Yeah, yeah, that's too. Yeah. <laughs> frozen <laughs> yogurt. Frozen <laughs> yogurt. I thought that's what she said. It's like frozen yogurt. <laughs> uh, Victor's Frogurt. <laughs> ain't, ain't, uh, ain't fussy, mate. Or cream. <laughs> there's uh yeah maybe <laughs> there's some interesting background uh as they're entering that place uh the dialogue from uh marion drews uh talking about uh joker used to cry in his sleep back yeah. when you know he he was jack was joker and she was harley yeah he would cry in his sleep and uh it got it got so bad that uh she would wake him up and hold him and it was the only time that uh that he would let her hold him, so he has a, a another side of him that he was mm. having some kind of some kind of nightmares that were affecting him so badly that he was mm. that he was crying. Mary it's, Andrews, uh, man, this could be an, this could be a Harley replacement. This character could get that popular, and she already has this kind of history with the Joker, where there's like almost like a new sheriff in town, like they're the next big popular character, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but she's explaining how it shows how well she knows him too that. All he ever really wanted was Batman's attention. Yeah. And if he ever did succeed in taking Gotham away from Batman, that he would eventually just give it back because all he wanted was was Batman's attention. Yeah. Well, and even um, what was that in issue one or issue two where it showed before we saw Neo Joker? Or yeah, Neo Joker. There was that uh, kind of two page where it was Harley's in the bed in the bed by herself with the cowl on. And Joker's in his in his room with all this Batman memorabilia. Kind of shows that you know more that he is uh, obsessed with Batman mm-hmm. than just trying to kill him. <laughs> Good point. You know, some say the Joker was created because of Batman in response to Batman. Underground freeze hideouts where they eventually discover a gigantic yogurt machine. <laughs> all the flavors. It's a lot of flavors in there. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's pretty cool uh well really it's like this massive freeze gun is what i that's what i how i look at it i think that's what they used to blast walt disney when they froze him and uh, put him in the <laughs> so, i enjoyed the issue solid issue i'm i'm not losing it yet i'm still on track with white knight and i'm still on board i should say great story uh, what are we at we're five so that leaves us with three or four more issues three more yeah i think that's six seven eight, eight, yeah. damn it went quick it feels like it's going quick already actually 
months. You know, yeah, so. especially for well, being a especially for being a monthly. Yeah. Well, that that's that's what happens when uh, <laughs> when a creator is able to keep his uh, book coming out on schedule. That's true because a lot of guys would drop the ball already. That's so true, man. I never even thought yeah. about it like that because even Doomsday lot- Clock is already slowing down. Well, yeah, they're pushing to what a bi-monthly now. Yeah. Yeah, for a little bit at least. And, yeah. and I mean, look at Murphy's art, man. You know, he's not rushing yeah. anything. <laughs> but as far as I know, it's the only thing that Sean is currently working on. I think uh, a lot of books get delayed, but most of these creators that, that are working on you know, whatever series is getting delayed, you have to think that they're, they're splitting up their time between working on that and working on two, three or more uh, different yeah. projects that they have coming out at the same time. Yeah. Just themselves too thin, man. Yeah, good shit. Um, all right, so Batman number forty. This is part four of Super Friends. Yeah, and uh, we cut over to Selena's over to gentleman. Yeah, yeah. Previous issue was where yeah the internet went crazy because issue thirty nine left off with Batman and Wonder Woman were in this other dimension where they were uh, fighting this endless horde of of demons. So they had given the gentleman you know this uh, this reprieve to get away from fighting this war that he had been fighting for a thousand years. Uh, so just, you know, let him take a break from it and they would take over. And the issue left off with it looking as if maybe Bruce and Diana might kiss. Oh, everybody freaked sense. out, freaked yeah. out and lost it, man. Like, oh, you know, threats to Tom King and people Shit. saying that he was twisting their emotions and calling him a bad person and tiki <laughs> torches out make but, america uh, bat cat again and all this <laughs> and, uh, the thing that people were overlooking even though all we had seen of selena and the gentleman like on in the regular world in gotham they had uh, he had been in gotham about long enough for them to go get some food it did explain to us, like we saw him explaining to Selena that in the dimension they're in, that time moves differently. So for them, for Bruce and Diana, they had been in that dimension for at least a decade, and they they didn't know when or if he was coming back. So you know they they hadn't been there for an hour and a half, and were already uh, you know having temptations. Ten years to think about. Mary and Selena. <laughs> and, and 10 years of, you know, being left there alone with this other woman. And as far as he knew, she was alone. Like she was away from him back in, back on the regular world for 10 years. Yeah. And it was, it was my suspicion that Bruce and Diana did not know that time moved differently in that dimension. And okay. we get that confirmed in this issue. You know, while it felt like they had been there 10 years uh, for them. Them, but they weren't aware of, uh, of the difference in time. So that's basically where the issue picks up is Selena being pissed off at the gentleman because he didn't explain to them that, uh, you know, even if he was just in the regular plane for a few hours, it was going to be decades to them. And he comes clean that he didn't explain it to them because he knew they would have refused. Then they cut over to a nice campfire. Bonfire oh, yeah. with a uh, Bruce and Diana. Uh, ones are ones are batting it out, <laughs> but they have a moment, man, where their lips are pretty close and they're talking. And, yeah, I mean, you know, it's very suggestive. And Diana goes, "No, we can't ever." And they they start laughing. <laughs> they have a lot of history. Uh, <laughs> to me, that these panels are just Tom King fucking with everyone. Like, yeah, you know Tom King. Bats well, is like, "This is ridiculous." And yeah. then Diana's like, "Yes, it very much is." But you know, they you could see there's that temptation there. Though. If you ever watch Justice League Unlimited, you see a hell whole lot of tension between Bruce and Diana for 
episodes and episodes man then you know bruce is saying that he loves her and he misses her referring to selena diana mentioned steve trevor so that pretty much puts a lid on all these freaking nut jobs you know going crazy <laughs> with like diana would never treat you know, steve and uh, and uh wonder woman's a homewrecker she's a whore get the fuck out of here oh, that, but you know that the, was really the stupid yeah. thing that i'm dreading though i know a lot of these people that were going crazy about, you know, how awful Tom King was being to them, a lot of them, I'm sure, are going to read this and they're going to feel a sense of victory because they're going to think that the, <laughs> the, uh, the issue was changed because yeah. they were so angry. Yeah, yeah Tom, right? And Tom someone's going to have to explain to them, hey, you know what, guys? These books are not are not written and drawn the week they come out. No, it's, no Tom King made some calls. He had to call editorial, and then he had to rewrite everything. <laughs> so they had to re-pencil everything. So they had to re-ink everything. So they had to recolor everything. <laughs> so they had to re-letter everything in less than two weeks. In less than a week, because you got to send it to printing and have it shipped. Yep. So, you know, they they did all of this in that small amount of time because there were a couple of tweets out there. Yeah. So if if you're starting to feel any sense of victory, thinking, thinking that you had a hand in changing the course of the story, be aware that at any given time, Tom King is working at least five issues ahead of where you're reading. He's in the future already, man. He's... Yeah. As our good friend David Finch said when Rebirth first started, that they were already on issue six before issue one even hit the yeah. stand. Yeah, so. it's the same thing when we had Tom on the first time before Rebirth hit the shelves. Uh, he was already working on the second story arc. Back to when they were start laughing about, you know, when they were getting really close. One thing I really I liked about, you know, this kind of shows how much friendship they have was when a woman finally said, she, you know, Selena deserves someone who is always good. So she said, so be good. And if you're not, as your friend, let me tell you, Batman, I will hit you so hard. Your silly little pointy ears will fall right off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just the way she hit it like the way she hit him in justice league she, <laughs> when he mentioned steve trevor's <laughs> yeah then we cut over to a selena with the gentleman going to see uh, yeah. angela now he's only been gone for a year in the real time one hour if one hour in the real time is basically 10 years other universe his wife angela's you know hasn't seen her husband for a year but he hasn't seen his wife and uh, i'm not gonna do the math here but you can just imagine how many probably centuries and then they cut back over to it says year 24 with diana and bruce and this is another this is um these little when they flash back to bruce and diana this for the first time you know batman's you know obviously they're they're both strung out they're both tired and fighting non-stop batman actually is the one that says i can't yeah. and diana's like no listen you're not alone i'm here you know maybe we can't do it maybe we can't do it but we're not gonna be able to do it together and uh they, they both have those moments bruce has one there and then later in the issue diana has the same thing where you know she she feels like she can't uh keep going and uh you know, it's twice we see them you can't do it alone and i can't do it alone but yeah. together we're gonna keep doing it. <laughs> I, I will say though that um there's that one page where it shows Diane and Bruce like just totally punching the punching these monsters and ripping them apart and it's in there and they're making fun of Superman. Yeah, that was yeah, awesome. That. <laughs> She's like, why is he always saying up, up and away? You <laughs> say that every time and Batman's like, every time. <laughs> she goes, where else do you fly but up and away? <laughs> just... <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I like when uh, had sort of a feeling that from the last issue we would come to a point where. Uh, Julian didn't want to go back, like, you know, decided, no, no, I'm not, I'm not going back. They, they can keep the job. But uh, 
it actually goes the other way, you know, while, while he does want to stay, when Selena takes him aside and says, do you know how long it's been? Because he had said just a little bit of time, and she knows she knows now what Bruce and Diana are going through in this other world. So when he says, you know, it's, oh, it's, we've only been here an hour or two, she says, what is that for them? And he says, well, a decade or more. Panels where Diana is, is saying, I can't, you know, I'm sorry. That is just a great shot of her. She's all cut up. Her, her arms and legs are cut. Her face is cut up. And she just looks defeated and grabs her by the hand and pulls her up. Yeah, even right there when she, put, you know, um, Batman reaches down and pulls Diana up and she puts her arm around him and she's like, together and together. And, and uh, it's like, okay, you know. Like I said, Tom I, King's the master at humanizing their voices. And so yeah. she's, like, <laughs> she's like, what? And she's like, I miss everyone, my boys. And the boys, which I'm guessing are the Robins, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And Cat. Yeah. The boys and Cat and her, the family and my dog Ace. Her response, though, is the great... I, I <laughs> never imagined this. <laughs> yeah. I love when she's I, eating that drumstick, too, and just saying, yeah, I miss my kangaroo. <laughs> She's, she's such what? a she eats that drumstick like a warrior that's what i love about <laughs> oh, yeah. Woman, like a freaking warrior man and uh well, she she has a kangaroo <laughs> her name Jumpa. is jump <laughs> I, I don't talk about it <laughs> and she wipes her mouth with her gauntlets i mean wow that's just such a warrior man we cut back to selena and the gentleman then his armor comes back on when i guess he um drops his uh morning stars morning stars he drops his morning stars to bring uh bruce and selena back that's really weird because can you imagine being gone between 10 to 20 years and then just coming back to that moment that'd be well it's actually it's actually longer we see on the next page where uh where they're fighting just before they get brought back it says year 37 so they've been gone for them 37 years and you can't that's tell like me... almost how long trunks has been pulling green arrow <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell me 37 years passed and there ain't no wonder bad action have i mean even the bad cat fans yeah. would be like you know the man yeah, gotta clear the pipes man you know like 37 when everyone goes in selena thank you again for saving us years or more um you are a criminal yes or is that what everyone says you steal things i love how she's being so point blank with so Selena. Yeah, she <laughs> doesn't give a fuck. So Selena's no. not saying anything. She sounds like a real Amazonian princess, you know. And she's like, but I think maybe everyone is wrong. I think maybe you are a hero. And I am happy my friend has found his love in you. You know, this is all going to end with Selena's still going to be Selena. She she ain't going to go good. <laughs> Selena they never went straight, man. Selena is Selena. It doesn't matter because bats always let her get away with shit for the most part. Yep. Uh, Wonder Woman says this gentleman, the next time he needs his break. What shall I tell him? And Bat says, tell him he can go. <laughs> but then uh, <laughs> Selena cuts him off his bat. Yeah. All right. And and, and then she says, uh, tell him we are waiting and ready. And Batman's wife would join her husband in battle, which is pretty badass. Oh, I was going to say the very last panel, Bruce is telling Selena, I had to tell you something. A moment she said, 37 years, oh, a Wonder Woman. Were you bad? Not bad, but not good enough. It's like, okay, <laughs> this is new, but I'm trying. Yes, we'll try harder. So wait like a second. It. So so maybe so maybe something did happen, or maybe Batman did say just, something uh, happened. Maybe they were just talking about that moment, but Bat Cat yeah. gave him a pass because it was 37 years. If Cat uh, got a hall pass, <laughs> if Catwoman gives him a pass, then all the Bat Cat Crusaders have to give him a pass because Queen no. Selena nope. gave him a pass. Nope, they won't. Nope, they won't. <laughs> they won't. <laughs> they, no, they're 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 less reasonable. Hey, I'm bad cat too, though. It's like you know, no, I'm, yeah. I'm bad cat all the way. But you gotta you gotta be realistic about that. Thirty seven motherfucking years. <laughs> you know? 
But, yeah, I, the the way he tells her though, you know, he he says I have to tell you something a moment, yeah. and you know, I I have to feel like that was the only time there was maybe almost something. She stood right in yeah. those beautiful brown eyes, huh, Trunk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trunk, Trunk, baby. <laughs> What's next on the list? Swamp Thing. Yeah. Did you guys read it? Uh, yeah, uh, so the Swamp Thing Winter Special, this is an interesting issue. Uh, did you get a chance to read it, both of you? Yeah, I, I read the, the first part. I skimmed through the, the second part. Uh, there was no words. Yeah, I mean, who, yeah there, uh, there's, uh, there's a reason for that. Yeah, the second story in the book, the first issue of what was going to be a new Swamp Thing series uh, written by Len Wein and drawn by Kelly Jones, but uh, it, it was unfinished at the time of uh, Mr. Ween's unfortunate death. So they wanted to release some form of the issue because Kelly Jones had had already done all the work and forget who the colorist was. They already had the art finished. So they decided they would release it. And it's I, I like the way they did this. So Len Wein had written the plot for the issue, but hadn't written a script. You know, he, he hadn't gotten to the scripting point yet, or at least not finishing the script. So rather than having someone else come into Len's story and and write their own script for it. They released it as a silent issue. So we get first the entire issue with Kelly Jones art, and then it's followed by Len's plot. So you you read the issue in, in a silent version, and then you read uh, the plot that was written out for it. It actually worked out really well not uh, being a silent issue, you know, just yeah. with the art. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I found reading, uh, well, looking at the issue, just, just looking through panel to panel of the art, and then reading the plot. So the plot goes into, like, uh, Len is describing what should be happening page by page. You know, uh, everything Swamp Thing is doing, it starts off with Swamp Thing reaches, you know, he's he's out in, in the swamp, and he reaches out a hand because there's a bird flying around him. So he puts out his hand, and these sticks grow out from it for the bird to perch on. So you see that happen in the issue, but it, it goes by so quickly. And then reading the plot later, reading Len Wein's sort of direction of how the scene goes, gave a, a really different perspective i went back to each page as i was reading the plot and you pick up on on a lot more of what's going on reading his directions uh, that uh, you might not even think about just scroll, just skimming through the art everyone everyone that picks up the issue uh don't ignore the the plot in the back uh definitely read through that after after you look through the art yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go back and read that like you said go back to the page and see how kelly jones took those words and portrayed in art form so this yeah. this is an 80 page issue so the len Wein kelly jones story is what we get in the end but it starts off with a new swamp thing story written by tom king and drawn by jason fabic and colored by brad anderson so this I mean, is definitely at least among the best looking swamp thing issues Ever. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jason Fabok alone, you know, whatever. It's almost like whatever he touches turns to gold. The way that he drew Swamp Thing and the details and the even the background. I mean, it's just just even if this was a silent, even if the whole issue was a silent issue, uh, just yeah. by looking at the art alone. I mean, it was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. And we, we get something that you never see. Uh, almost this entire issue is Swamp Thing in a snowstorm. So that's uh, a really interesting visual of uh, of this plant creature uh, surrounded by snow there's a scene where swamp thing fights a bear and it just looks so good oh yeah it's one of these stories that you can read to do it the first time but you'll you want to go back and read it again because mm. yeah because uh, it, it has that sort of 
uh, a twist ending, right? Yeah, because Swamp Thing, and you see this, it opens up with this leaf falling, and it's what appears to be um, like almost like a football broadcast this announcer's talking and then it cuts to where the leaf dies and it starts snowing you see this shadowy figure walking and it's swamp thing and right where you see the the title page that that picture alone is just swamp thing is standing there holding this kid snows on him i mean the the art is just fantastic i, I and the colors you know just can't praise it more <laughs> Is it as um, good as taking your first bite out of Grimaldi's? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty up there, boy. This kid keeps on saying that um, he keeps on reminding Swamp Thing about you, you were fighting, you know, oh man, the, the the snow monster almost got you, but you're able to kick him away. Or and Swamp Thing's like, I, I don't remember it. And he kind of say he kind of says that with his, since there's no green around him because everything it's you know they're in the middle of a, a snowstorm. He, he gets a little he gets weaker, and then even. His memory starts fading, so he doesn't. You know, the kid says, "Oh man, yesterday morning I thought he was. I thought the snow monster was going to get you." Something has no idea what the kid's talking about. Yeah, his uh, his connection to the green is gone because everything's covered in snow. It was actually kind of cool. Um, one part where the the kid's sitting there and he's cold and there's snow and ice on his hands and. You can tell that he's just shivering. <laughs> Swamp Thing just rips off his left hand and starts a fire with it. Uh, so yeah, all all through the story, the the child keeps referring to these battles that happened with with the snow monster we never see any of them happen uh the the only interactions we see are they're walking through this area where there are uh bodies laying on the ground bodies in the snow and one of them turns out to be alive and uh it seems like he's asking for help and you know he's he's dying but when swamp thing goes over and tries to uh, tries to help him. The guy pulls out a gun, uh, a shotgun, and blows Swamp Thing's head off. And then basically he wants to eat the kid. Huh. You know, he and he, he says something about you know, it's I'm sorry, it's not me. The the storm is doing this. This it's making yeah, the, us like this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that interaction and the fight with the bear are the only fights that we see Swamp Thing have. You know, we we never see any of the interactions with uh, with this snow monster. Right. The Swamp Thing Winter Special. Nice. Uh, it's uh, it's an eight dollar cover price book, but it's eighty pages, and you have the first Swamp Thing story by Tom King, and the last Swamp Thing story by Len Wein. Wow, yeah, that cover looks badass too. That uh, that Swamp oh, Thing cover with the kid. That's just... Tip of the iceberg. Everything inside it, every page is ridiculous. I wish. Oh, they... I know. I wish they would just, and, it's, uh, and it's not just Jay's stuff too. Brad Anderson's colors are fantastic. Yeah, oh man, are beautiful! Not the like, greens and the and when, and when it shows um, Swamp Thing after he rips off his hand and the hand lights itself on, you know, he lights his hand on yeah. fire to give him some warmth. I mean, the way that not only the art. I mean, I, I know we, you know, a lot. I know a lot of people, and we all talk about the artist, artist, but the the colors of the the shadows from how the flames are illuminating the Swamp Thing's chest. You can't praise the art and the colors enough. So Superman number 40. It's a new, it's the start of a new story arc. It doesn't, it doesn't happen in Metropolis. What it, um, how it starts off is John and Clark are in the Fortress of Solitude. And uh, I believe the uh, the story was written by James Robin. So it's not Mossy and Gleason. 
Is they, and are the, they done? Tomas and Gleason, they done or are they still? Uh... I don't. I don't think they're officially done. Well, because Bendis is coming on, right? That uh, I don't think that's for a little bit yet. Okay, so this is Doug Mankey's doing the uh, does the pencils on it. Superman asked John, "Do you know what today is?" And John said, "Oh, it's Thursday. It's apple pie and ice cream day, and or for dessert day." And he's like, "Well, no." He's like, "Well, that's true, but what else? Today is the day of that Krypton uh, blew up. Superman has been able to get the Fortress of Solitude to kind of recreate." So every year, Superman goes to Fort Solitude and watches the destruction of his home planet. Not more of a remembrance of all the lives that lost and a remembrance of where he came from. And Superman says, oh, do you want to join? And John said, yes. Yeah. So they're watching it and they get, an, they get an alert and they're for, and the the computers basically they they run to the computer and they superman put in the fortress solitude to be scanning the, the universe and or the solar system to find any other planets that might have followed the same fate as Krypton. They get an alert and it's this planet that's out in some solar system that's on the verge of being destroyed, blowing up. They travel there and it's this race of creatures. It's like an underwater, it's like an underwater planet. Superman and John get there and John says to Superman, I'm sorry. So what, what, what's going to happen when we get to this planet? Are there going to be good, bad people? And Superman says, well, how it typically works is we'll go there. The authorities will see us, take us to their boss and we explain to them. And then usually they all open, you know, reach out and open arms and, you know, wants us to help them. So they get to this planet and it's actually quite the opposite. When they get to the leaders, this council of underwater aliens, when Superman tells them what they're there for, this this leader says, well, we're a race of of highly religious people. We praise their, their God. I can't think of their, their creator name. Basically, the creature says, well, if that's what our God wants, that's what we do. We end our lives. We'll allow our planet to be destroyed. Well, of course, Superman doesn't, thinks that they're insane, wants to try and help them. But the, 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 pretty much the, the council tells the soldiers to arrest them. And Superman's like kind of laughing, saying, well, do you know who I am? You know what kind of powers I have, unless you have crypt, unless you have kryptonite or a red sun or magic. And then right when he says that, John starts feeling a little weak. And Superman realized that they must be on a planet of either they got magic or these special weapons that kind of slowly negate their powers. They start getting into a fist fight and Superman's able to able to hold them off while telling John to leave. And as they're running away from this military, almost like a, a uh, this other alien that we found as a scientist, he thinks that his people are stupid too. <laughs> Long story short, save Superman and Superboy or John. Once Superman explains to him what's going on, I've been doing all these scientific readings, and that's, you know, I, I see that this planet's going to die unless, some, you know, unless we can stop it. And that's where it sort of ends, is Superman, John, and the scientists are going to try and save their, their planet. Yeah, in that little bubble. Man, there's some beautiful colors in this book, man. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna just, let me see if I can try and find out who the... I love that, oh yeah, you just gave us. You sound like uh, Kevin on The Office when he eats a chocolate bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Quintana. Will Quintana. Yeah, nice colors, man. Great looking book. Oh, I mean, and the the colors are. I mean, they're it's vibrant. The the blues, the reds. Yeah, it um, me, even when they go underwater. Reminds it, me of that uh, the Jeff Johns Green Lantern run. Like all the colors are just so awesome. Like kind of pop off the pages. Yeah, pop like like popping a piece of Grimaldi's right into your mouth. You know. Don't tease me, boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna never tease a man who pulls 38 issues of Green Arrow. Boy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Brings us to Nightwing 38. Is this the finale of uh, The Untouchable? Mm. 
No, it's not over yet. So this is continuing Sam Humphrey's uh, untouchable story. So Nightwing versus the Judge, who, if you haven't been reading, he's been set up as a villain that uh, Dick has been fighting since his very first days as Robin. And he's the guy that he was never able to catch. You know, over the years, he's he's popped up a few times. He'll He'll pop up, kill some people, and then disappears again. And Dick was never able to uh, to stop him. Blames himself for all these deaths. Uh, so uh, this issue, we have them. Uh, it's been getting closer and closer to finally tracking him down, but he's always been a step behind. We uh, we find him in this issue has uh, finally gotten back to uh, the guppy, who uh, is the son of. Uh, no, I don't think it's King Shark. The guppy. He was. Uh, it was. Uh, yeah. He's like some fat f- with a, a shark mask on. Yeah. <laughs> He's got that pencil thin mustache too, boy. Yeah, it's boy. almost as good as the ten finger villain. Uh, oh, ten the ten eyed man. Ten eyed man. <laughs> hey, Robin, why you're Robin, why you're looking that up? I mean, I'm flipping through this issue and I had to see who the artist was, and it's a uh, Bernard Chang. Yeah, yeah, his his arts his arts yeah. all been great on this. Nightwing getting them dollar bill stuff down his drawers, man. <laughs> okay, so, uh, Nightwing has tracked down the guppy. He knows that the judge is uh, also using the guppy uh, as a pawn to uh, to do things. So the guppy's father used to work for the judge, uh, and he was actually a legitimate uh, scary enforcer. But now he's become just uh, a loose end to the judge. So he kind of uh, fools Guppy into thinking, uh, if, if you take out your father for me, I'll, I'll give you everything you want. Because that's been his thing. He offers people, you know, makes empty promises of everything people want to get them to do what he needs them to do. Nightwing shows up at the Guppy's house and knows that uh, the judge wanted him to kill his father. So he shows up to stop him. Of course, he's too late. Uh, Guppy has already put a about 92 stab wounds <laughs> into his father. We just see his body laying there with the knife still stuck in it. Damn. So that's one more uh, one more kill that uh, Dick has failed to stop. But now he knows that you know he's just one more step behind. He gets uh, some more information out of uh, out of Guppy and tracks down where the judge is. You know he's he's in this casino and that's where he's holed up. And security's crazy. We see Dick try to climb up the outside of the building. But uh, it's electrified. He gets zapped and uh, falls back down. So who does he? Uh, <laughs> who does he encounter? But one of his people, one of his customers from his day job, because you know, as part of his cover, Dick has his CrossFit studio. So it's a, a clever thing by having him uh, have a source of income. You know, having a, a business. It's also uh, a front for him being Nightwing and explains why he's he looks so ridiculously fit. So huh. he runs into one of his students that's going into this casino. Uh, he reveals that he's going in there for a bachelorette party because this guy is basically a stripper. <laughs> so he got hired for uh, for a bachelorette party that's inside the casino. So Dick gets him to, you know, he asks him, is there any way you can sneak me into this building? To get in, Dick has to take one for the team. He has to go up with this guy and he also strips at this bachelorette party. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Dick's getting some uh, some dollar bills shoved in his underwear. But... <laughs> It gets him into the building. I wonder if Cult of the Bat's going to pull this comic. That's what I'm going to wait for. He's going to... Oh, man. Wait. wait. (laughs) 
Jesus. Damn, I mean, robbing trunks in the morning. When I flip the page, I mean, damn, I mean, Dick's getting some, he's not just getting some dollar bills, y'all. He's he's getting some five. It's like a 20 spot. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't look as close as you did. I guess it does the job. You know, he uh, he walks away with some cash, but uh, it gets him past the security. So he finishes up with the show and slips out of the room, gets back into his Nightwing gear, and goes up. Uh, you know, we see him cutting through the security guards and makes his way to the room where the judge is. So the judge was prepared. You know, knew he was going to be there, and he just kind of sits there and lets Nightwing to start to uh, you know get physical with him and think he's in control. And uh, that leads up to the point where the judge ends up uh, putting a knife in him after uh, having some security come in. So Nightwing uh, takes a bit of a beating from the judge and from this uh, one of the security guys that he's hired who are... We met them in the past. They were from the... Uh, what were they called? The, the limousine gang. I forget what they were oh, called. I know you're talking about, though, but I, I can't remember their name but uh, it's uh, this you know sort of organized crime uh, group and the judge is, has recently you know fooled them into uh, into coming into his fold nightwing gets a, a beating put on him and while they're holding him the judge takes off his glasses that he's always wearing and we see that his eyes are sewn shut so this entire time he's been accomplishing everything he's been doing and he's blind so this is where uh, the issue ends with uh, staring into the face of this guy with his eyes sewn shut. Nightwing in a bit of trouble. More good artwork and coloring as well. Oh, so, yeah. I think that limousine gang you were talking about might be affiliated with Hawthorne Wipes, but uh, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll <put> <laughs> uh, the other thing that I was reading today uh, and yesterday is this. Uh, it's another one-shot special issue. Uh, called Young Monsters in Love. Mm -hmm. So this is a eighty-page, ten-dollar cover price book, but uh, it has—it's got to have a, a, at least eight stories in it. Uh, so read less than half of uh, the issue at this point. We just got it yesterday, but it's—it's uh, it's a monster book, uh, and it has a, a man bat story by Kyle Higgins and Kelly Jones. There's uh, a cool dead man story by. Aldini and Guillaume March, and a Raven story uh, by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing. Uh, those are the guys that do Gotham City Garage. Damn. So there's a, a lot <laughs> of uh, cool stuff here. And its theme of all the stories is, you know, it's all uh, to do with relationships and love. But and a series talent. of uh, short little stories. Yeah, it's a great roster <laughs> and so much good art. Definitely uh, worth the 10 bucks to check it out. There, oh, there's yeah. a, a Superman Solomon Grundy story in it. Uh, there, there are so many people in here. Yo, guys, what happened in Metal 5, man? Cause, uh... Well, the, let's, uh, the, the fable of Metal Number 5 is last week we recorded, as always... We, we did our stack episode and we covered Metal Issue 5 and a few other things that came out that week. Then we were stricken by technical difficulties yeah. and we didn't have an episode. So a second attempt was made uh, just a couple of days later. Uh, actually, the day before the issues released, we tried again. So uh, got on again and did all the reviews again and it happened again. We got hit by, this, by the same problem. So uh, we've received messages from a few people asking uh, when we were going to cover Metal Issue 5. So we'll finally get to it here. And uh, uh, Bullet points, basically, we, we see progression of everyone's stories. Uh, Batman and Superman are at the uh, at the World Forge confronting the Kai 
Kaiju Hawkman who is there to to guard it. It looks like they've arrived too late. The forge has gone dark, but uh, they're looking in and Batman thinks, you know, he still sees a bit of light down there. So he still has some hope. Uh, we jump back over to Mr. Terrific and Green Lantern who are imprisoned by Starro. And we, uh, and we get a character who we haven't seen in the rebirth. Absolutely. Yeah. They're, they're approached by what looks like one of the guards of, of, uh, of Starro's prison. Uh, but when he starts talking to them, Pal asks him who, the, who he is. Who does he uh, turn out to be, Scott? Martian Manhunter. Oh, <clears throat> shit. Turn over Martian Manhunter. So for, he's for, just been... Uh, first time he's been introduced um, in Rebirth, I believe. I think there was maybe a, like a five or six issue mini. And he explains where he's been. He's just been there uh, hanging out, checking out uh, Star Wars security. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he says, I've been here on Thangar Prime. For every question you've been asking, why this place and... Why, why, why is it such a secret? And so he's like, well, okay, let's get out of here, guys. Let's see. We also see uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, that was a nice fight scene between Wonder Woman and uh, Black Adam. Yeah, so Black Adam has been brought over to the side of Barbados and uh, helping the Dark Multiverse uh, invasion uh, because he's been promised for his assistance he would be given a restored Kondok, his, his homeland. So Wonder Woman is battling him and Hawkgirl as well. Uh, she's yeah. also been, you know, she's sort of mind-controlled. Uh, she doesn't even know who she is, really, and uh, is just serving Barbados. So Wonder Woman is fighting the two of them, mm-hmm. and we see her get thrown through a wall, and she's in the, what looks to be a little a little cave area. While she's in there, she ends up discovering Hawkman's act or uh, Hawkman's mace, okay. which is one of the things they've been looking for because it's nth metal and has the ability to to help them fight against the Dark Multiverse. So she uh, she gets a hold of the mace and she just clocks Black Adam straight in the head with it. <laughs> He's down. She gets about <clears throat> two seconds to admire her handiwork, and out of nowhere, the Batman who laughs shoots her point blank in the head. And, and uh, <clears throat> while she's laying there on the ground bleeding, he explains that uh, he shot her with... Uh, the bullet is made of eighth metal, which is the same material that her invisible jet is made of, if mm-hmm. she has that on this Earth. So it's not something that we've seen Wonder Woman use in Rebirth, but yeah. it, it is something that well, I mean, even seen in the even even the Batman who laughs mentions that he's like this bullet's made out of the same material as your invisible plane, and I think he even says if you even have that here, mm. yeah, if if you have it on this earth, because he's yeah. encountered versions of of all the of all the heroes on various earths. He even touches on about how um I think on one on one earth that they were friends, and one earth he's you know Batman who laughs. He's you know they they go to these different earths. Even so that one Earth, you know, they were enemies. One Earth, they even had, they even were married and had two kids. Yeah. And kind of chuckles about that. Um, Aquaman and Deathstroke get to the center of the Earth. Was it the encounter? Um, Black Manta. Yeah. Well, they, they see this, like, this energy being um, kind of encased with a mixture of Atlantean technology and something else that they haven't been able yeah. to discover yet and then black mana comes out of the uh out of the shadows and shoots them both or throws harpoons their asses oh damn. yeah uh, yeah that's sort of uh meant as uh weapons you know, so yeah sticks them both uh deathstroke gets shanked from behind and then aquaman takes one in the gut and then uh the dark knights show up i know when we they're, they're the first time we recorded this i brought up a point of because there's one issue left. What is it? They have uh, The Lost Part 2, 4? Uh, no, uh, The Wild Hunt is uh, the next oh, the book we'll get. Uh, co-written by Scott Snyder and uh, you know, our best friend Scott Snyder and by Grant Morrison himself. 
Ooh. Ooh. Damn. Well, and um, and then I guess this is going to uh, after issue six is going to segue into the news we already we broke last time was Scott Snyder taking over Justice League. He's going to start off with uh, I think uh, what a four issue mini. And yeah. So through to... the month of May, each week uh, <clears throat> we'll get one issue of Justice League No Justice. So that will run through that month's issues of Justice League JLA. Teen Titans and Titans, yeah. and lead into uh, Scott taking I, over to sleep proper. Damn. Yeah, and my question is this: I mean, Green Lantern. We've already seen in previous issues that each one, like the Dawnbreaker, has beaten Green Lantern. The Merciless has beaten Wonder Woman. You know, in single hand-to-hand combat, um, the Drown has beaten Aquaman. So now you've got three Dark Knights plus Black Manta in this particular case against. Aquaman and Dustro. And I think they have, um, no, they, they don't have uh, Plastic Man. They don't have the egg. Well, they, uh, just, yeah, just, just before they get to uh, this weapon where they confronted by Devastator, Merciless, and Dawnbreaker, we see them breaking out of Starro's place, and they do get the Plastic Man egg back. Uh, so they, they, they arrive at uh, the Phoenix Cannon, which is what they were trying to get to. It was a weapon that had the ability to help raise the Earth back up out of the darkness that Barbados was trying to sink it into. But before they got there, it had it had been sort of uh, rewired and it was made to do the opposite. And uh, we find out that it was done by the Dark Knights. You know, they, they take credit for that when they arrive. You no, know, what's better than one Bruce Wayne? You got, what, seven? Oh, damn. So it's just, I'm very, very interested in seeing how, you know, that's going to spill over into the Justice League. Well, well, yeah, I guess you can count it two issues, the Wild Hunt and issue number six. Which is Probably. issue number six is like 60 pages or something like that. Damn. Yeah, and I think it's, I, I, and it's pushed back a month. Well, it's not pushed back a month. It's not coming out until, what is it? Uh, uh, March, I think. Yeah. April? Six issues in a movie. <laughs> you are all the community now. <laughs> we see uh, the Phoenix Cannon has been, uh, has been fired off. But uh, now doing the reverse, so it's uh, causing the Earth to sink farther in, uh, farther into the darkness. We cut back to uh, the Batman who laughs uh, with Wonder Woman holding a gun to her head. Uh, well, she's got blood pouring down her face from the, the shot she already took in the head. But he basically tells her that, you know, he's, he's not going to kill her. He's going to leave her there to do what she does, to fight, mm. to, to fight, fight pointlessly until the end. So she's left there to... First of all, to fight Hot Girl. So she wraps the lasso of truth around her fist, punches her so hard right in the grill that it sort of snaps her out of it. You know, so she gets Hot Girl back, uh, back to their side. But uh, now they're basically faced with this invading, another invading army of the Dark Multiverse. So we see this army coming over a mountain, and there are just Dark <clears throat> Multiverse versions of of all of these other characters that we see uh, coming to fight them. We see uh, a dark version of Wonder Woman herself. There's uh, a dark version of of cheetah like we have dark, yeah there's there's a, a dark side there that uh yeah the two-face uh that has actually two heads so there's like harvey dent uh, there's the normal harvey dent face but then there's another head growing out of the neck that's all blue and messed up uh there's a, a riddler uh, like a mutated riddler with a, a big green question mark growing out of his head and he has one eye <laughs> So messed up. There's a, a monster-looking bane. Yeah, it's a it's a mess, and they're they're pretty screwed. 
we see Wonder Woman sort of trying to pep talk uh, Hawk Girl and gets her to uh, to do a war cry with her as they jump off this cliff into battle, and they have the lightning flashing behind them. It looks very Dark Knight Returns. Oh yeah, it almost um, kind of reminded me of uh, issue Batman issue forty. Reminds me a little bit of that where you know they see this Wonder Woman you know finally punches Hawk Girl in the face with the Lasso of Truth wrapped around her fist, and it's almost like when they see this army of Dark Knight, you know, multiverse versions of all these characters that we know. It's almost like that Hawkgirl kind of, it's almost like they, they start losing some hope. Just like in Batman 40, where Bruce and Wonder Woman both were losing some hope. The other one kind of picked them up. So Wonder Woman, you know, even in tears in her eyes, if I remember correctly, she's like, well, you know, basically saying we're, we're going to go down fighting and we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to give them a hell of a fight. And like you said, you know, do they do that war cry and they just, I think, I believe the last panel is them leaping towards the, this big horde of creatures. And we get left with, uh, it says next month. The fall of the the fall of the multiverse in Dark Dark Knight's Rising, the Wild Hunt, and in March, the epic conclusion in Dark Knight Dark Knight's Metal number six. Pop pop. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> five dollar, five dollar foot long. <laughs> Trucks, tell us what it's, what it's like to take a bite out of that fresh. Giordano's. Uh, What's it like when you take that first bite out? Like if you're sitting next to. <laughs> oh, fuck this guy. I'm gonna fucking have mine. And you take a bite out of that fresh melting cheese. Oh, what does it taste like, boy? What for, is... First, when you, uh, well, you, you're not supposed, you shouldn't be using a knife and fork. <laughs> it's not, you just gotta but, shove your face in it, right? Well, no, you, you know, you gotta eat like a man. You gotta <laughs> grab it with your hands. Get, get your hands nice and dirty, boy. Nice and wet. <laughs> you know, and, and, and you don't wash your hands before this prior, right? Oh, well, no. In fact, you'd probably just scratch yourself and, uh, <laughs> to dive in uh, no, I mean <laughs> the description of the greasiness reminded me of the Simpsons episode where Homer was trying to gain enough weight to go on a uh, disability for it <laughs> and they're at, they're at uh, they're at one of the restaurants I think and Bart takes I think a burger and you know how like when you have like greasy food in a bag and it makes the bag see-through Bart takes one of the burgers and he rubs it on the wall and it soaks through the wall and makes the wall see-through and a bird flies into it <laughs> you don't wash your hands you scratch yourself you, you don't use any you don't use any Hawthorne wipes to to clean yourself up so yeah and you so you grab that that Luminati's deep dish with the cheese melting off and then what oh. boy you just fucking I mean, when, when... When you take that bite, I mean the the flavor explosion in your mouth <laughs> with the tomatoes, the spices, and then as you bite through that butter crust, you butter their crust, boy, oh. and you pull it away and you got the cheese string in. I mean, it, it, it's a thing of beauty. I mean, you can take a bite, put the slice of pizza down on your plate, and you'd still have strings of cheese. Oh, like, just, the just like a waterfall of greasy prostate oh, cancer causing artery clogging cheese right boy oh oh man that'll definitely that, that'll definitely clean your pipe you know? <laughs> and if you get if you get the sausage patty because you know typically, you know typically they put sausage crumbles on the top you can get one that's got a sausage patty and however bigger pizza is whether it's the the six inch or the 14 inch or whatnot that sausage patty is the size of the entire literally the size of the entire bomb of that pizza Somewhere. so every bite you get you get that sausage you get that the, the fresh tomatoes the sauce the, the cheese i mean the butter crust i i i, I, I i'm speaking <laughs> somewhere on the Just west thinking. coast tom's nose is twitching right now something's, <laughs> something's going off inside him internally <laughs>
as he's off uh, currently accepting his uh, most valuable leader award, uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely uh, sensitive to this food talk. Hey, Gotham dwellers, make sure to stop everything right now and subscribe to Bat Force Radio. We can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. Don't miss out. Guaranteed to satisfy all of your Batman and DC needs. Yeah.